This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast, formerly known as the Site Visibility Podcast, produced by the team behind Brighton SEO. I'm Kelvin Newman, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Araminta Robertson and Fiona Brennan, and we'll be discussing what does content strategy really mean and are you doing it properly? Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to have two amazing guests who are really experts in and around the, the world of content strategy, which I think is one of those topics that many people will obviously be like familiar with the idea or familiar with the concept, um, but it feels like sometimes it can be a bit nebulous or people might have some quite different interpretations of what that means. So today in this episode, we're gonna be exploring a little bit about what our guests think content strategy means and how they go about kind of doing content strategy. Um, and I hope you'll get some really useful takeaways and practical things that you can do off the back of that and learn a little bit more about this really interesting topic. So um, in terms of getting things started, Fiona, would it be all right to get a sort of like who you are and your background and how you came to be sort of talking about um, content strategy on podcasts like this and at events as well? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm Fiona. I run a content consultancy called Indie Essentials. Um, so I do lots of content strategy for my clients. And I actually started off, I trained as a journalist, didn't go into journalism, I went into the music industry at a time when everything was going online. So doing content was a huge part of my job. We were doing podcasts, blogs. This is before Facebook came out, I am that old. Um, I should really say that. I am that old. It was before Facebook came out. And um, it's just sort of gone on from there. I had kids and music industry and kids, two different time zones. So I went from there to launching my own business, which is where I am today. So I've been doing this for about... 12 years now ah, so it's, it's interesting actually because i'm always kind of fascinated by the routes that people come to to end up you know working in the, the the spaces that they do and obviously like seo content strategy social media marketing paid search paid social all that sort of stuff often like you can do qualifications that lead you to that but like often it's kind of people are doing stuff connected to it become exposed to it and yeah like end up moving into that space and yeah my journey's not a million miles away as well in terms of um yeah i worked for a a magazine publishing company so um, yeah like Kerrang and I, I work mostly on the slightly embarrassingly dated um, early noughties men's mags that we don't like to talk about anymore um, but certainly in terms of that kind of yeah being around in a in a, in a kind of a magazine publishing world they have in their websites becoming exposed to SEO it's a yeah it's an interesting way to come to it and I think it, you know it's a, a good way that then shapes your experience when you do things later how about yourself Haraminta? how do you how do you kind of come to this this world of digital marketing hey everyone uh so yeah my name is Araminta. i run a content marketing agency called min studios and we specialize in helping financial services companies like fuse.com and some fintech companies like uh, jeeves and zai um acquire customers and position themselves as experts in content marketing and how did i start i started uh with a blog actually i just um i wanted to, to write i've always loved writing and i started a blog to help teach myself about personal finance basically i realized that i knew nothing about taxes mortgages and i mean many of us don't right because we're not taught about these things in school and i realized that i didn't know anything and so the blog was a way for me to learn i would read books on the topics and then 
I would write about them in the blog. And that was my introduction into content writing. Then I started ranking for keywords and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I can build an audience by, and who can come with me on this journey of learning about personal finance. And then I joined a, a fintech company and then the kind of evolved from there, went consultant as a consultant, and then eventually set up the agency uh, when I realized that a lot of financial services companies don't really know how to create content in a way that actually helps them or, or makes an impact. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a... That's, a, that's a really interesting, yeah, that, that skill of kind of going, well, actually, the way I'm going to learn about this is, yeah, like researching and writing. I mean, that's a really, like a really good, you know, obviously personal quality to kind of go, that that's the way of doing it, because people might have that interest to learn, but then, yeah, having that kind of mindset to kind of go, actually, this is a good way of you know, um, crystallizing that learning and then spreading that out there. It's a really good, yeah, like personal qualities going to have done that. And, and yeah, obviously hugely interesting. And I'm sure we'll, we'll cover this as we kind of have today's discussion about some of the unique challenges that, yeah, fintechs, financial services and kind of regulated industries have to deal with in some of these, um, yeah, you know, the challenges that that uniquely presents. So it'd be great to, Fiona, like it's content strategy. It's a big old topic it's a term that's used quite w widely i'm sure many of our listeners will have a, a sense that some of them might be working in the space but how do you kind of define what content strategy is and kind of how what what is and isn't content strategy and some of the problems maybe that people come to you with and the content strategy is the solution to that or or is it like people come we need a content strategy how, how does that kind of how do you define the the area the the, the discipline funnily enough most of my clients come to me not knowing that they need a content strategy, what they've done is work with lots of marketers before and found that actions have been taken and they've gone, oh, well, we post out on LinkedIn every day, but we're not seeing any results for it. And so then I'll go back and ask, okay, well, where's your market research on this? Have you spoken to your sales team about it? Where's your content strategy for, for what you're trying to achieve? And they will sit there and go, we haven't done that. So for me, content strategy, that's the foundation. It's like, it's the spine of the work. Everything comes out of that. So if you don't know what your goal is that you're trying to achieve with your content, then it probably isn't going to shift your business that much. And likewise, if you don't know what the capacity is for your team, for your content team, you then don't know if you're spending their time in the right way. And so it's, a way of taking you from point A to point B with point A being, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I know I need to do something to point B being, this is the goal that I want to achieve from my content strategy. And it may well be that the strategy goal is to bring more customers in, but it also might be brand awareness or a mix of a few other different things coming in at the same time. So again, I think it's sometimes seen as a nice to have, but if you don't have it, you're kind of just chucking stuff at the wall and hoping something will stick. And that's an interesting kind of experience. And certainly I've kind of seen that and done that and, you know, been aware of people doing it where it's kind of tactically we should be doing something and it might be kind of platform driven and then kind of, a, okay, we're doing the something, but it's, you know, delivering a value, but perhaps not as much as they thought it could. And then it kind of like, well, actually, Let's think about this a bit more. Is that similar kind of journey to yourself, Armin? So there, in terms of like things that you know, how would you define content strategy, and is that kind of a similar journey that you see people go through? Yeah, definitely, I agree with Fiona that a lot of people think that it's like whatever um, unnecessary, or they just put together a list of 
tasks or goals even, and that's not a strategy. So the way I would define a strategy is figure out what your strengths are and your weaknesses, figure out what the opportunity is in the market, and then figure out a way to use your strengths to take advantage of that opportunity. So it's it's strategic thinking, it's thinking what's unique about what we do, what we have also resources is a big one. Like not everyone, especially in financial services, one person marketing teams are very common. <laughs> so if you don't have a lot of resources, you've got to figure out, okay, what is it that I have? What is our strength? And then how to take advantage via content. So I would use a couple of examples. Say, for example, you're a company that has really good logos, like you've worked with really well-known companies. Maybe that's a strength. And the opportunity maybe there is do tons of case studies then. Really go in depth about how you've worked with these companies. Um, or maybe another one is that you've got internal experts on your team that know a lot about like they're huge nerds and they know a lot about a topic that's a strength and i would then use content to extract that knowledge and create advanced expert-based content so it's not like a one-size-fits-all this will work for you it really depends on your strengths as a company the opportunity and then how to use content to kind of get to your also business goals um so yeah that's how I would that, make, that makes a lot of yeah. sense doesn't it so what you're trying to do there is like actually there's not necessary this kind of here's a good content strategy like in kind of an abstract overall terms it's like the content strategy is about fit with mm -hmm. the strengths weaknesses the opportunities the the capabilities that that, that you've got fiona is there any kind of like often you know types of strengths or um competencies that people have that might lend themselves to to do well in content you know, in developing a content strategy or or things you're maybe looking for when you're working with someone and kind of go, oh, well, if they've got this, they're going to be well-placed to do that. Um, I would say, it's going to be a really vague answer, sorry. No, I would no, say no, no, no. A, a curiosity. Uh, for me, it's, it's the people within the business who have a curiosity about their customers and about who people are that they're working with. And so they will ask the right questions and they're quite good at, conversations with people and getting things out i remember i saw on your linkedin you did a great linkedin post and i 100 percent agree with it um you put on the slider to go and speak to your sales team and the first thing i usually ask when i start with a client is can i speak to the person who does the sales because they have the vast majority of the answers that i am looking for and marketing team will be great they'll have all like the tone of voice documents and all the other data and everything but the salesperson they have that core emotion the reasons why people say no i don't want to buy this and they will they're, they're the closest to the customers they know the most so it's i think your sales team is often your biggest strength and also the people sort of the bottom of the rungs of the ladder, the young people who are just starting out, they will have way more insight than I think most people realise. And it's just having those interesting, curious conversations. And is there good questions to be asking or kind of, you know, like uh, things that you kind of go, okay, the salespeople are going to be close to the customers. They're going to have a, um, you know, a, a, a really good insight to the the challenges that customers are facing and is they're going to be customer focused in a way that sometimes other departments might might struggle to any kind of like tips for teasing out those insights or kind of you know um ways of doing it where people perhaps might be a little bit nervous to do that and maybe that gets into like if you're talking about the yeah the the, the subject matter experts who obviously have that knowledge but might not feel confident publishing or you know any kind of tips for kind of dealing with that maybe not reticent but certainly kind of maybe not um, immediately, you know, they're not, that might not be their inclination to, to kind of publish or be involved in the content. 
I think it's really important to remember that when you're talking to customers, and I totally get that reticence as well. I used to be, it used to make me feel physically sick, the idea of phoning my clients up and going, what do you think? But just remembering that they're people and all you're asking them for is their opinions and how they feel about something. And if they say something is not for them, sort of digging into that and asking why, not in a rude way. If what you want to get to is a yes or a no and understanding why they're saying yes as much as you're trying to understand why they say no and I think one of the best questions you can ask is what's important to you what matters to you what are your values because when you understand what people's values are and what's important to them you can start building your content strategy around those deeper emotions and that matters more than say I don't know putting together a LinkedIn strategy like if you understand the emotions and you understand the drivers behind why people do things you can pull that in and I, I like to think of it as if you get totally stuck ask them like five senses what does it look like what does it feel like what does it smell and taste like if you're doing say food and drinks businesses um and yeah, and just digging into, just yeah, just remember the five senses. And Aaron, is there any particular bits that you've kind of found there? You talked about that kind of, yeah, if you've got those nerds there, or, you know, you kind of refer to any kind of things about to encourage them to, you know, to, to publish more or be involved more or or indeed feed into the, the, the content strategy. So are you asking how to set up calls with your experts like how to get experts involved yeah yeah i suppose that's it it's kind of like it's obviously you know you can kind of go okay well you know we might as a if we're working in-house or working for an agency and kind of a role kind of going okay i should talk to these people and mm. kind of go that's that's good that's step one you're a million miles away from how people who might just kind of do it in a silo would be but then you've got this you know you've set up that call you've set up that conversation um and yeah you're either kind of trying to persuade them to go well i'd love you to be you know joining a podcast or i'd love you to you know be involved in you know setting our blog content strategy and then they might not be 100 up for that or indeed they are but you want to steer them in a way that actually achieves your strategic aims yeah. i'm sure that must be a challenge as well where it's like you get the right people they're keen but they perhaps aren't necessarily fitting into the the strategy that you've you know you know maybe you're in the process of determining or might already exist yeah definitely this happens a lot i mean experts are by their nature super busy uh, i think what we found works best is they need to understand the why like why are we doing this the impact on the business that's this is why we love often in in the industry that we're in the salespeople are often the experts as well because they're these are complex buying processes they need to understand the topic in depth so it's actually quite easy to get a sale well not easy but to get a salesperson excited, you say, look, this is going to help you, right? We're going to help you get contacts and leads in. We're going to help you create content that will mean that you don't have to keep answering the same questions. You can just send them an article instead. So it's about what's in it for them, but also kind of what's the impact? How are we actually trying to help them? And usually when they understand that, and especially when they start seeing results and they see the leads coming in and all that kind of stuff, uh, that's it gets a lot easier. A few other th things that I found is to have recurring, recurring calls with them. So maybe once every two weeks or once a month or every week, it makes it a lot easier with admin and that kind of stuff sending the interview questions a day before so they know how to prepare, um, getting them involved in the strategy, asking them what kind of topics do you think we should be asking or uh, what are the pain points that you think your target customers have? What are some regulations that have 
you know, that we should be talking about, what questions are people asking you? So getting them really involved and showing them the impact and then, then them seeing the impact has been the best way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I agree that it can be tricky for sure. I think, yeah, I think the way you're talking about like having a process though is probably really yeah. useful, isn't it? Which is to kind of go, well, you might only be dealing with one person, you might be dealing with multiple, but kind of go, well, what do I need to do to, yeah, give them the best, yeah, to make, to set them up for success, I suppose, and that sort of thing. That's one. And obviously, we, we well, sorry, go for a few. We were about I was going to say, Araminta, I think you bring up an important point here as well that internal comms is so important and often gets overlooked. So, that idea of having a regular phone call with someone, that's crucial to being able to get the information out of them and for them to understand why they do it. So, how much internal comms do you sort of prioritize in the way you work um well we're we're an, we're an external agency right so it's there's always limitations to how much we can get involved and we've definitely been in situations where we're just not we're struggling to get the calls like they're just too busy we had one case where an excellent client we love them very much but their their experts were in australia so the the window the time like window that we could talk to them was like two hours every day i was waking up at 5 6 a.m to try and catch them and even then it was difficult um and what actually worked was uh reaching out to the cmo and being like look we have a problem here we're unable and she just sent them an email and said look this is a priority this is important and we don't have any more problems so sometimes a top-down approach is required <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's difficult and it's true if the company itself isn't bought into this and they're not sold on it it's going to be an uphill battle and that's why usually we make sure that that's not the case before working with with the client but yeah i think that's interesting isn't it that kind of uh, um an awareness that yeah that you need like because i've worked agency side and often the projects where they've kind of failed it's less about kind of someone doing a bad job it's just sort of like the petering out or just not really you know what the mm. intent of the project yeah. was never really followed through because of competing priorities stakeholder management or yeah. relative prioritization and yeah i think sometimes that being prepared to tell your key decision maker this isn't working um and you're you know it's not going to work unless we do something differently is sometimes might feel a bit like confrontational or aggressive but sometimes that's the the, the right way to do it isn't it so i have a question that kind of like obviously you know, in producing these podcasts and, you know, programming the, the forthcoming conferences that we've got coming up. Obviously, AI is a topic that's being, you know, people are wanting to talk about. And obviously, it's starting to have an increasing impact in terms of how people are operating. Is it one that's kind of had, you know, much impact in how you've been going about your projects? Or actually, is it like, well, because you're doing content strategy, you're wanting to be, you know, uh, that it's that's too automated, that's too... Um, you know, like derivative and it's not been something that's kind of been on your radar or is it like actually you're finding ways to turn podcasts into blog posts or, or stuff like that? Is there, there ways in which AI is maybe starting to have some impact in content strategy or is it like, well, yeah, this is something that's going to be important, but actually the hype merchants are making it much too much of a big thing. Um, Look, these are us want to answer this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, because we specialize in like long form written content and not podcasts and other, it, we haven't really, and it doesn't, I mean, I think most of us know by now that these tools aren't good enough to create advanced, in-depth, complex content. Um, so for an input, you know, if you ask it to create a piece, the quality is too low at the moment. Uh, but, you know, you can use it if you want to improve something. So, you know, you write the article and then you're like, check for typos, check for this, check for that. 
one, one way that we've used it, but not at all in content is to, you know, when you're trying to design a table with code uh, and we're not, you know, we're not programmers. So we just go to ChatGPT and say, look, can you turn this into a table, like write the code for this table and then we can put it into WordPress or whatever. So that's been really useful. Um, but for the kind of content we do, yeah, the quality isn't high enough really. And yet I think, yeah, us. particularly if you're dealing in regulated or yeah. complex projects, like the, the risk of that being wrong is so high that it just isn't worth any of the yeah. benefit right of doing that. And yeah, it is that it's, yeah, going to be most valuable where it's not like spit out a blog post or spit out a thousand words. It's like, well, here's a very specific problem that, yeah, it could save time on that you probably could do. Maybe that's the way of doing it. Fiona, have you had similar kind of experience or has that been one that's like less, less, you know, not seeing it affecting you in, in much of a way? So I have, I had a realization because I do a lot of, for some clients, I will edit blogs that mm. uh, some junior copywriters will do. Yeah. And I had a realization that actually they were just sending me chat GPT content. Because <laughs> I was sat there going, oh, this needs so much work doing yeah. to it. So I think at the moment, it doesn't have the quality that I would want for my business, for any of my clients' business to go out there without serious checks on it. And that's from any of the AI writers that I've, I've used and seen and been through. That's not to say that will always be the case. And I think it has potential to do that as well. Um, I have ethical issues with some AI because some of the training has been used from published writers and from copyrighted work. And so I think there's questions that as, as just as an industry, we need to ask around that and how we're using it and what the impact of that is. Um, and obviously, I work a lot within sustainability. So I also look at how much carbon is pumped out into the atmosphere from these tools as well. And is that something that I want to have in my scope of emissions? But at the same time, it's really useful and it's useful for like prompting ideas and maybe suggesting ideas that you wouldn't think of yourself. And in that case, it's a use for like, how do I develop this idea into something that's very specific for the client's business? And the point you brought up about podcasts, there are some really good podcast AI tools that will clip the podcast and clip the um, videos. Um, I've yet to find one that can cope with my Yorkshire accent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, think you, I think you're right though. It's, it's like, yeah, it's less about this kind of, you know, it's great if you want to produce generic derivative content, right? And, and that's not, you know, you know, often where I found it most is kind of, I'll have a really struggling with like, where do I start with a thing? Um, I'll put it in and I'll go, well, that's terrible. Um, and then that, and in the process of correcting that, it kind of got me started in a way that like, yeah, managing that kind of writer's block is almost the way where it's like, yeah, it's easy to go, well, that's not going to work, that's not going to work, let's tear it up and then it almost, yeah, begins off on doing that. But yeah, that's interesting. And I definitely think that there's, yeah, there's, it's less about, it's about how it can help with a process rather than do the whole thing, right? And I think that's, yeah, use, a useful reminder for the, the kind of hype that sometimes goes with some of these new things I, th I think it's a lot of hype and i think also when we say ai, AI we automatically mm. think of chat gpt and mm. that that isn't like the whole of ai mm. and there's lots of ai tools that can help if you use them to supplement your work rather than do the work for you 
And I suppose that's it, isn't it? And I think that's, again, one of these ones that, like, a lot of things have been called AI for a variety of reasons that might not be in, like, even, like, tools that I use, like, I don't know if it's one that you've ever used, but, like, Hemingway.app, where it's kind of like a, 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 like a, or like a spelling grammar kind of tool. And often things like that can be great, isn't it? Because it's like you're putting the foundations in, but, like, you know, I'm very aware that my writing at times can be a bit, you know, um, like, poorly constructed, but the ideas are there, but, like, the, think tools that help you along those lines it's just yeah continuation of that sort of thing perhaps also i don't know about you guys but i just have arguments with them all the time <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's it. it's a kind of like yeah although yeah it's you know you've got to be polite further when the robot um you know <laughs> yeah I, whatever it is apocalypse um, starts when, so when, when skynet start. starts yeah yeah so, so in terms of kind of you know really interesting areas here and i'm, I'm really excited to um, hear you talk to the the forthcoming brighton seo about this but yeah um if i'm always i always kind of close out the podcast with uh, asking our guests to kind of make a recommendation for a, a resource or like a book or a newsletter or a you know social media account to follow that you know you think would, buy, would be useful and it doesn't have to be like precisely to do a content strategy it could be whatever it is but i'm always kind of interested to do that i can i can see you nodding arrow into you you get to go first to this question in terms of a, sure. a, a direction to point some people within if they're interested in learning more well i will talk about the the book that i call the bible of content marketing it's called they ask you answer by marcus sheridan and it was written quite a while ago now actually 2013 but i think to this day when, whenever someone joins our team i send them the book because and there's not one mention of SEO in the book, which is, I think, what makes it so good. And he just, he's a sales guy, a, a pool guy, and he just discovered that by answering people's questions, you can acquire customers, which is really what content marketing is at the end of the day, which is educating, answering people's questions, even when the answer doesn't benefit you, right? That kind of thing. Um, so... Yeah, if you're wanting the basics of content strategy, like just starting out, understanding what it's all about, I think that is a really good, that book is a really good place to start. Nice one. And I, I always love it as well when kind of companies and agencies sometimes do this quite a lot, but like even like in-house companies or teams where they kind of go, when someone joins, this is the book to read. It's yeah. like, yeah, there's going to be a lot more to what we do, but it's right. kind of a nice sort of, yeah, here's the, the foundational shared idea that like yeah we might not 100 percent agree with but it's a good good place to start so yeah well done on you know having that kind of that kind of yeah um yeah text identified for you and how about yourself yona any any recommendations along similar lines or something aside completely from araminta's which i was hoping she'd say because <laughs> it's a really good book um mine's a little bit left field um it's a book by scriptwriter john york called into the woods and so it talks about narrative structure and how storytelling and narrative structure is an innate part of our humanity. And then he breaks it all down. So anything that you're creating, you can follow the same structure and it works to produce great TV shows, great videos, great scripts, uh, blogs, even so if you're creating white papers, you can follow this structure and it will give you a great structure for whatever content you're producing but it's a lot it is about script writing but you can apply it to any content you create i think sometimes that's the best way to get these inspirations isn't it sometimes the things that are straightforward like how to do a thing you know like th th there's a place for that right and i'm a big fan of that kind of type of content whether it be a book or a video or, or whatever but sometimes it's yeah these yeah the things that perhaps might not immediately seem to help you to do your job or often ones that have the most lasting impactful kind of impact on 
on approaches and i can certainly think back in my career of things along those lines that you might superficially think well what's that got to do with running a conference or whatever and it's like well yeah no that's that's kind of yeah influenced my approach in many ways so fiona if people want to kind of keep in contact with you and kind of see your work is there particular websites or social media platforms like you know i would used to say like well what's your twitter profile but it feels like you know everyone's got a lot broader scope in terms of where they're sharing their work or um, where people can keep up with them any how would people go about doing that fiona with you um i um on LinkedIn, I have been told by people that I fill their LinkedIn feed, those looking, <laughs> looking for people. I'm like, just get more followers and then you won't see as much as me. Um, so yeah, I am all over LinkedIn and that's the best place to find me or come and check out my website as well. And I think I've given you the link. Yeah, we're going to drop them all into the, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the show notes for that. So that'll definitely help on that side of things. And how about yourself, Araminta? Yeah, I'm the same. I don't really use Twitter anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is best at Araminta Robertson or our website copywritingstudios.com fantastic so thanks so much for joining us today thanks everyone again for listening or watching along as well we'll inevitably be back in your various algorithmic feeds or kind of places where you consume content soon uh, but yeah i've had a great time today and a huge thank you from me to our guests and yeah um, i hope you've enjoyed hearing about content strategy thank you cheers thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the internet marketing podcast produced by the team behind brighton seo world's largest specialist digital marketing conference covering seo ppc paid social web analytics and content marketing if you want to find out more about us and the show you can check out the website internetmarketingpodcast.org and if you've um, not already subscribed to the show you should hit that subscribe button and can I ask a favor if you are subscribed and you're enjoying the show can you leave us a review wherever you're watching or listening to the show and if you want to get in touch, um, become a guest on the show, or just generally feedback about what we're doing, you can always email me. That's kelvin at brightonseo.com. So K-E-L-V-I-N at brightonseo.com. Or of course, you can contact me on social media. So at LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, my usernames are Kelvin Newman. See you soon.